This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Live from SEMA 2018, this is my very first podcast of the show, live from the uh, Magnaflow stage and uh, little private podcast studio we've got this year. We have Phil and Nathan from Dinan. Uh, we've had Dinan on basically every year. Pretty much. What the hell are you guys showing off this year? Our big uh, points, of, uh, points that we're bringing in this year are advertising our... Uh, International exposure. We're adding a bunch of international dealers this okay. year. Uh, going into 2019, we're hoping to basically be in 30 plus countries worldwide okay. in progress. Uh, also, pitching, uh, we're going to be back in flash tuning here, uh, Q1 of 2019, for okay. some select platforms. Uh, that's cool because the big thing that had shifted was it was piggyback for a little while. And we will still be doing piggybacks. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a little mixture of both. Okay. Uh, the international market does tend to like piggybacks to some degree. Yeah. Uh, plus, you can get a market faster. So, going to kind of go both ways and yeah. see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, call me. A, I, I'm I'm a little bit of a weirdo, but I really really like having an ACU flash. Uh, than, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, piggybacks definitely have their have their place, but yeah. I mean, yeah. it's great. Like you know, if you've got a lease car sure. or you know that stuff, but like. You don't get that granularity you get with just no. hitting the ECU directly. I mean, from a sales sales standpoint, you piggybacks, you get all the distribution and everything else. Yeah, that's get money that way. So okay, so necessary evil. <laughs> you guys, uh, I mean, last time I talked, you know, some of the Mercedes stuff was starting to come into the mix. Where are things sitting with that these days? Mercedes has taken a bit of a back burner okay. uh, as we're going back into more of our roots and focusing more on the uh, BMWs again. Okay. Uh, specifically, focusing on our uh, M5, the F90, mm-hmm. and the that just had a relatively recent refresh, like in the last year, yeah, eighteen months we, or so. Yeah, we bought ours June. Does that sound right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that so. it wasn't a massive change, right? It's, it's the same engine. I mean, it's been tuned higher. Yeah. Uh, the actual stock exhaust sounds great. Uh, body style wise, it's similar. It feels like the it feels like them and Mercedes bumped the boost a little bit on their cars to be like, we got to get the numbers close to the CTS. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the biggest yeah. thing with the F90 M5 though is their suspension. You can switch between all wheel drive and rear wheel drive. Yeah. Uh, which Phil loves. Uh, Two wheel drive mode, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because all it wants to do is step out. Yep. That's no traction control on it. And, and what size tires are you guys cramming under it? Right now, currently 295s in the rear and 275s That's in the not front. a lot of tire for that kind of power. I, they didn't do the, the flare on the back like they normally do. Yeah. yeah. There's so. a slight flare in the front, but that's really about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we can get up. To, I think we want to try some 285s in front when we get back, but yeah. Yeah, that's about it. We're talking about possibly seeing if we can make it a square setup. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Yeah. I'm like, can you get a square set up on there, get the turn in real nice? When we get back from SEMA, that's going to be an attempt. Although 285 to 295, that's you, you probably got almost very little understeer on that car anyway. 
it, it's pretty well it's very neutral yeah you know but and, you know put the power down and you'll step out on you and you can have some fun yeah so yeah I, i've come i've become a big proponent of a square setup it's just some cars are a lot easier than others yeah. but uh i mean hell i guess if you really had to you can pump the rears down to a 285 to get it to match could and then you can still rotate tires too which yeah. is nice yeah well the offsets will be different but yeah but i mean square setups always nice it is it's so funny because everybody just wanted the big raked out look with the giant tires in the rear for the longest time yeah. and then everybody went oh this handles like shit mm-hmm. well so. when you're talking about a rear wheel drive car i mean you need kind of need the big back tires there. yeah you do i mean i've got 335s on my vet so yeah yeah, it's it's kind of funny being in the same building as APR, and they're saying, "Oh, we have huge tires on this," and they're wearing like two sixty fives. are like, "We have like three oh five in the back of everything." That's a, that's a big tire for a Volkswagen. Yeah, I understand that. It's, it just, it's just you funny, know. just difference yeah. in opinion, I guess. Well, yeah. The, the, so I've got uh, I've got a Fiesta ST as well, and a big tire on that. It's a two twenty five. Yes, <laughs> massive. That's and that's that's like not set up right. Rubs a little, yeah. just a little bit. Oh, man. So. Um, Okay, so the M5 has been kind of a focus with the refresh and everything on mm-hmm. that. What kind of power levels are you getting out of that? With um, is this now is this piggyback or ECU that you're focusing on with it? Right Doing now? both can uh, okay. simultaneously. Uh, right now, they've ran into a little bit of a snag in the piggyback. Uh, I'm kind of in the dark as far as specifics on that, but uh, on the ECU flash side, they are. St- I'm not sure if that has been officially cracked or not yet. I don't think so. I think it's in the process of being cracked. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot a lot of the Flash software stuff that we're currently doing, it's done in-house, uh, but we're still trying to polish out the delivery vehicle yeah. uh, for the dealers and all that type of stuff. I so still the flashing is there. It's just not ready for retail. At some point, I really so. got to come out and visit you guys because it's... Uh, you are more than welcome to. It's, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've been working with you guys since back when Steve was still in the company. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just my background in software engineering. So I sure. really would love to see your process and, like, what you're doing. I'm, I'm guessing you're mostly just breaking the encryption and finding back doors. The new, the new building, and I mean, did you ever go to the old Morgan Hill building? No, I did not. No. Well, that, we always were pretty proud of that one, but, I mean, the new location in Alabama is... Are you guys tenfold? Are you guys sharing a uh, facility with APR now? We're the same campus. Okay. Uh, I mean, we're already running out of room pretty quickly here. Uh, so who was the parent organization that picked you guys up? Well, it was DP Brands, uh, which is Flowmaster, B&M, and Hearst. Mm-hmm. And then this past week, uh, it became official that DP Brands and that group and Holly, that Holly group, essentially merged. Okay. So now we're one ginormous family. Yes. <laughs> one of us. So, mm-hmm. so I think next year... Uh, that booth will rival pretty close to the Ford and Chevy booths yeah. with all the different brands involved. So Yeah, there's so much consolidation going on in, in the industry at this point. Especially the domestic. I mean, the European side hasn't really seen it yet, so yeah. this I think it might be a, a start of it on our side. I mean, when Dyna and APR came together, I think it was kind of unique, and it was just kind of building off from there. Well, it so. just seems like, uh, you know, and I could be grossly wrong on this, but it just seems like there are a lot of a lot more variety of kind of smaller uh, Everything's uh, stuff here than there is in the European market. Like, there's still a lot of shops over there, but it doesn't seem sure. like it's quite, like, you don't have, like, you've got an Edelbrock and you've got a Holly and you got, sure. you know, a million different companies competing over the same, like, hey, we're all making almost the same carburetor. Exactly. You know? I, I mean, the one thing that's unique to, you know, Dynan and APR to some extent is in comparison to most of the companies here where it's, very a niche. We make one thing. Yeah. We do wheels. We do intakes. Whatever. Both of our brands are 
going after full cars. Yeah. So I mean, it, well, it, I mean, that's that, that's it, how Steve started everything off. And yeah. we we want to build complete cars. And, yeah. I mean, that's and APR is kind of adopting that. I mean, they're still a little bit younger in that regard, but yeah. they're definitely going down that path. I'm very happy to hear so. that you guys are going back to straight ECU tuning. I mean, that was that that's a big thing. Um, and of course, you know, your your stable mates over there at APR, they are purists on that shit. So. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, well, I've talked with the engineers over there on a few occasions. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, we see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. There, there was, there's, there's been a lot of resistance on that side. Uh, uh, I, I think, just in the, for the brand itself, it's just makes sense to go back to ECU when we can. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the piggyback still has a home. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's I definitely mean, there's, a market for it. So yeah, it's there's uh, definitely like uh, you know, there is definitely. A, a market for for that stuff for people that sure. are leasing or that just don't want to stick with that and yeah. you know but what kind of so so right now what do you have that's both an ECU uh, flash available as long as well as a uh, as a uh, piggyback unit well we're looking at the new flashes uh, we're looking at Q1 2019 as far as actual release oh okay so there uh, but it's going to be M2 N55 M2 not yep. the comp uh, the M4 and the M3. Those would be the three first ones. Yeah. Uh, followed by probably the F90 M5 and then the M2 Comp. Yeah. The well, next, I'd, I'd imagine. I'd imagine, especially the M2 Comp, like lifting pretty much everything else from the other cars. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. How, how closer, <laughs> like, with the BMW? Like, you get, um, like, uh, I, I mean, obviously, the sweetheart in the industry is like for tuning GM because it's like same ECU, all of our products. Sure. Uh, how different do they vary between the BMW products? In the BMW, there's there's a handful. I mean, each generation is slightly different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, currently there's uh, two types of DME. We I mean, we phrase it as DME eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is basically your B58 motor, B48, that the B-series motors, basically. Yep. Uh, then, the, like in the F90 M5, it's actually the same as the B9S4. They call it slightly different, but it's MG1 or MGD1. I think it's what they call it on the other side. But, okay, so you're not the, dealing with, like, a different bespoke ECU for each? Uh, no, they're all very, very similar. Okay. Uh, I mean, really, the MG1 is just a, a further development of the DME8. Okay. Uh, they're very similar. Now, are they actually um, consistent uh, across regions? Because you get some brands like, you know, Ford, where they have completely different ECUs in their European products than they do in the American products. The ECUs are the same. Uh, the calibrations are slightly different because of European emissions and all that. And their fuel stuff. and. Yeah. Uh, but but BMW, is, I can't speak for the APR side, but uh, which I think there's a little bit more diversification there. But on the BMW side, I mean, they're they're trying to make a world car, so they try to make it yeah. as cookie cutter as possible to yeah, get every market. Yeah, it's smart. It's like almost like um, they're thinking that they might want to market it for more than one country. Imagine that. Yeah. Like, it kills me that Ford's sliding back into like, yeah, we're getting rid of globalization and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, you guys had a good lineup and now you're just throwing it to shit. But but at least Ford, the one thing Ford has going for them that BMW doesn't is Ford is at least back down to five, six models, whereas BMW yeah. is doing the opposite and branching out and it's just going to it's, I just it creates chaos. It just kills me. They're that trying they, to be everything to everyone. They it's, killed the ST and the RS line, and that new whatever SUV ST is just not. It's it's it's. I'm gonna call it what it. It's a pile of shit. <laughs> it is a pile of shit. I've been in that thing. It's it's transmission is sloppy shit. Sure. It's really? you know it's power delivery is blah. 
Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's unfortunate just because it was nice to see some competition happening in that hatch lineup mm-hmm. because after after Mitsubishi left it, it was kind of cool just to see that because you know all the all that stuff was coming out of Germany basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was just cool, but. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> sidetrack. Welcome to Podcast World, by the way. Well, we have we have quite a diversification at, at the shop. I mean, the guy's usually here, Dan McNiff. I mean, he has yeah. a Fiat. Yeah. Uh, we have quite a few Alphas now yeah. running around the. Oh, employees. are they actually operating? For now, I mean, one's brand new. So I mean, that's, that's, time that's not a guarantee. <laughs> it just showed up a week ago. So. Yeah. So, I think so still- out of all of the journalists I know in the business, only one took a Julia out. That did not break down. Really? Really. I know at least 15 people that the car failed for every last one of them. Mm. Well, what's funny is that the person that just bought it is probably our most talented calibrator. Yeah. So yeah. He, I think there's a ton of there's a ton of room that they, you know, they left on that thing as yeah. far as tunability yeah. goes. Just yeah. a question of whether it'll explode. <laughs> you know. So um, okay, so you're going back so the flashes are coming out uh, Q1 you said? That is what we're looking at, yeah. Okay. Do want to put an exact date on it, but just play it safe. Yeah, thereabouts. <laughs> early, early 2019. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that is kind of the ECU tuning stuff. What what else is coming out? I mean, we're dealing with a BMW lineup that's kind of about ready to be swapped out at this point. Right? Yeah, they're all in the LCI phase of all their models for the most part. Um, as far as on the hardware side, we've just recently released the. B58 intake, which is for like the 340, 240, mm-hmm. uh, all that. Uh, it's been very popular already. We've sold out of multiple shipments already. Um, we've also adapted that to the B48, B46 for the four-cylinder. It's a slightly different tube, but the lid's the same, so it's going to be quick. What are your thoughts there. on working on that four-cylinder versus the six-cylinder? It's much better than the N20. Okay. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I mean, it sounds better. It's not as prone to failure. I mean, given it's still relatively early in its life cycle, so it's yeah. hard to say it too much. But I, I personally like it a lot better than a twenty. Um, so is it? So here's one for you: is the for a long time it was kind of said that the three twenty and the three twenty eight are like real close. Is it basically just an ECU tuning difference between those cars? Yes, and compression. I believe it changed. Oh, there actually is a physical. They want to say it's ten to one to eleven to one or something. Like that. Okay. I do believe. Yeah. Okay. I know, I've had it written down someplace, but I don't get too many questions on the 320 anymore. So yeah, <laughs> Not, uh, never been committed to my memory. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of a weird model. The the, pro, the other thing though, I mean, now that we're going to the world, uh, I mean, one of our first ones is uh, in the UK, and they're all about the smaller four yep. cylinders and everything else. So we're having to actually start doing tunes for cars that we've never seen before. Like 318s and yeah. and 360s or whatever models they have. Do so they actually sell like a three-cylinder in that market? or Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, so it's like because, the, uh, what we consider the yeah. small block on on the U.S. side is actually more the top end there. So it's Oh, yeah. It's And then odd. you've got the outlier of Mercedes <laughs> with their big motors. That, like, yeah. Although, I mean, what's the biggest BMW displacement right now? Just uh, five, well, five liters even? Or? Uh, they had the V12 and the 760. Yeah. That's the big, but it's kind of a that's an old random motor. one. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's the M5, which is the S63TU, which is just the V8, yeah. Yeah. which is a 4.4. Yeah. Yeah, Mercedes really is the outlier. We're the 5.5 now. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's funny. It, you get very similar power numbers out of these companies, even though they're putting out the wildly varying displacements. I mean, we were pretty. I don't know about Phil, but I, I mean, we were at least I thought, figured we were very impressed with the. The Mercedes that we had for a while in Morgan Hill, 
uh, between the C63 and everything. I'm not a huge fan of the aesthetics of a Mercedes. But, yeah. Well, it's all very subjective. Uh, but power-wise, I mean, it was a nice motor. I mean, there's no suspension they, to speak they, of. They, but. Certainly know how to, <laughs> they certainly know how to make it one that sounds good. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They sound no, AMG great. exhaust, they, they do right. They really yeah. do. That, that was the thing that killed me with um, the, the current M3 that's on the market, M3 M4. M3 M4, yeah. That, that stock exhaust is just blech. Yeah. Yeah. So, There's only so much you can do to attempt to improve it. So we're on the precipice of kind of the new one being unveiled here in the next few months. Yep. Guessing probably Geneva is when they'll show it off. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be a 2020 model year, so that yeah. sounds about right. So yeah. probably an initial concept or whatever. Have you got any? Uh, have you got any insight into anything on that yet? I've seen a few, you know, spy shots, but that's really about okay. all I've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so right now, what is uh, what's kind of the big seller for you guys at the moment? Uh, M2, M3, M4 stuff is always the highest selling stuff in general yeah. as far as platform. Uh, well, I had your M2 last year, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, that thing was fucking spectacular. Oh, yeah. Uh, Phil can speak, that, speak very very highly of it. Yeah. That's my daily. Is it? <laughs> yep. I, I had to buy it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I spent yeah. a lot of time on the development of that car, so then it was just, I got to take it. <laughs> yeah, that car, you've got the white one. I got the white one. Yeah. Yeah, the only uh, yeah, I ended up with like some weird rubbing on a back alley, like you know, thing yeah. at some point with that. But I think you guys probably solved that pretty quickly. If you're if you're driving that as your daily now, I think that was mostly from journalist abuse. Yeah, I think I probably put more abuse on it than the journalist did. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Let me I can know. pretty much guarantee that. Yeah, <laughs> let me know when you're done with it. I'm all on a crack oh, at it too. Sure, not a problem. Yeah, I mean, I've had it what a year and a half now, and four sets of tires already. What's so, uh, what mileage is that at now? I think I'm at forty six thousand now. Oh, really? I drove it all the way across country. Okay. I mean, when it came back from the journalist, is like eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's a healthy amount of miles and. Yeah, it is. Now, do you think now, in your view, has the M2 kind of supplanted what the M3 was, or? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's about the size of an E46. It is, and that's that's why I fell in love with it because I used to have an E46. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. And then I just I I kind of drifted and went to an RS4 for a little while, and I which is another great. It's car. It's another great car. I just it was a bucket. sounds so good. I know it was a bucket list car. I had to have it, yeah. and then I was just like. It's still not an E46. So then it, yeah. when the M2 came and we started developing that, I was all, all right, I found my car again. Yeah, yeah. I really like the M2. Although, and, I, and I've said this, you know, to Dan last year, I'm like, there will nothing be, I, I will have nothing from you guys probably that will ever satisfy the way the M135 did. Yeah. That car was, oh, yeah. yeah. It was so much smaller. That's the thing. Yeah. I like a small car, you know. It was. I drove Fiesta as a daily for a long time. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, that car was. It was everything was still analog, and you know, I'm sounding like the old guy now, which is like, <laughs> ah, I don't want all this automated shit. But yeah, that car was. That car yeah, was that great. car was pretty cool. So uh, okay, so the M2 is kind of taking it. Yeah. Have you have you played around with the competition car yet? No, I think we have one coming. We are we are due to have one come in the week after we get back from SEMA. Yeah. And between that and the M5, that's going to be our focus. Do you really know? What I, is it just a power bump on that car? Or it's just is an S55 more? motor. It's, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, the only problem, though, is that's going to change literally everything in it. So it's going to be a new intake. It's going to be a new exhaust. It's going to but, be... But, I mean, you can pull all that stuff from the 3 Series, right? I to some degree. Okay. I mean, no. I mean, the can's probably going to be different. Well, Piping's going to probably be different yeah. on the exhaust. Intake's going to be different because it's a different engine bay. Yeah. So... I mean, suspension's probably going to be carryover for the most it part. It might be a spring rate change or bar change. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that's easy for you. Yeah, it's so. easy. I mean, it's... Uh, but it's all the sexy parts that need to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and for, uh, unfortunately, I mean, you guys will do it, of course, because you cover all that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just like, for a model that's probably only going to be on sale for, like, a couple of years. Yeah, the, the comp's only supposed to be for two years. Yeah. It's basically, it's basically the LCI. It's, it's the swan song for that chassis. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so you got that going. What's going on with uh, kind of the 7 Series now? Because, uh, you know, the M7 was kicked around for a while. We still haven't seen it. I mean, you're going to see the the M850s are out right now. Yeah. The M8 is due out next year. The 7, it's on its last leg of this, develop, or this cycle mm-hmm. as far as the G11, G12 chassis. It came out in 2016, I think. So it's got to be pretty close to its end. Okay. Are you? Um, so, do you do any tuning op- options on like the 760 as it is now? Or? On the 760, we didn't just because there's so few of them. Yeah. We've gotten plenty of requests from various people that want it, uh, but when you add it all together, you're talking about four or five cars. So yeah. it's like, do you really want to spend the time and, and effort? And, and I'd imagine most buyers are not gonna, you know, they're not gonna do it because one, they're le- they lease them for a year or two. Yeah. And, and two, it's just that an effect of that market. I mean, the one thing Dynano has, has always done though is we've always catered to the big five and seven series. Yeah. So I mean, especially in the seven series, I mean, no one really does anything unless you're going to an Alpina. Yeah. So if you want any aftermarket, you pretty much only have one option. I think we have the market in that. Yeah. I mean, the 750. I think we're the only one that actually has anything for the 750. Uh, I mean, I could be mistaken that, but we sell a lot more than I ever think we would outsell of those systems. Yeah, I mean, it seems like an oddball, but eh, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I mean, the 850 and the M8. Uh, I know I, I requested to get that because that'd be a nice Halo car to do. But whether or not it gets yeah. approved, I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> I'd have to imagine. I mean, yes, that car's going to have a big price tag on it, but it's yeah. it's being sold as a performance vehicle. Yeah. I mean, the M850 and all the shots that I've seen of it. I mean, it's it's a sexy car. It really is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's big, but it's a sexy car. Uh, and they actually still, and they're doing it in the Sakir Orange again, which. After the M4, I've fell in love with that color personally. Right. But uh, have you guys played around with any of the diesel stuff on the current lineup? Or on the current lineup, no, no, uh, no. It's uh, I, it's a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, going in the world, you're kind of forced to go that going to diesel. So. Well, yeah. I mean, the Euro market, especially. Exactly. Yeah, they want diesel everything. There. It's you know four to one diesel. But I can't. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't really fault them because fuel is so damn expensive there. Sure. Yeah. You know? So, in regards to expanding that that global market, so are you really hit? I mean, are you hitting all the continents, or well, so, yeah, yes, other than obviously uh, one way down south. Uh, we will be hitting every continent uh, again. UK is probably the first one. It's yeah. actually already live now, uh, but I'm trying to think. yeah, South America. We have four or five countries. Central America is two or three. Europe's exploding quite a lot, actually. So Africa is South Africa. But. Breaking into those kind of markets and, and going there, are you seeing how, how, what is the brand awareness like there? Because obviously there are a lot of local Euro, Euro options as far as tuning sure. goes. Um, how you know is it been kind of an uphill battle or it depends it on the market? Like? I mean, Australia has always been relatively kind to us. Yeah, uh, South America is kind of a surprising, but we actually have a kind of a foothold there, which kind of always surprised me. Uh, but we sell a decent amount in there. Europe is Europe. I mean, it's 
it's well, I mean, there's got, just so much there. Yeah, there's a lot I, of. I mean, we we get a, quite a few requests from the UK in general, even mm-hmm. before expansion. Uh, but I think that's just from just proximity to US and yeah, and just the natural relationship and there. zero but, language barrier. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Germany's always been kind of a weird thing. I mean, we usually have a presence just because of Americans at Air Force Base or whatever. Yeah, uh, you have some weird thing, but. Uh, uh, then in Asia, we actually have a very good distributor uh, in Taiwan. We have a new one in China that's very large. But I mean, there's a lot of sharing of that because APR has done very well on the uh, international front. Right. So we're kind of we're helping them domestically. They're kind of helping us internationally. So it's works out. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, one of those ones. Just kind of came to mind just because you've got the German competition, and we'll leave their names out of it. But sure. it's just. Uh, they're established there, and just like just like you guys are established here, for them to come over here would be quite difficult. Yes, I mean they do have a presence here. If it's the one I'm thinking, you're thinking of, yeah. Uh, but it's it's nothing. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, part of the problem is is not only TUV but imports costs yeah. and everything else. I mean, you kind of especially in a market like Europe where it's so convoluted, you're it's hard to get in there at a certain price point because you just can't compete because you're getting essentially taxed up front. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you, you kind of get away from that with flash tuning because it's... Yeah. There's nothing physical to so, tax, so... with your flash tuning setup as it is now, like, uh, what does that actually entail for an end user? Um, well, currently, uh, at least for the near term, it's still going to be directly through a dealer. Okay. Uh, so these international distribution points will set up their own dealer networks essentially mm-hmm. uh, and they would have software flashing tools just like the dealership or independents here in the US would uh, at some point uh, there will be an effort more to go DIY and self flashing type stuff that's right. still it's there but it's not really a priority right now Well, that it's, you it's, it's going to happen it's just it's going to happen But I imagine you guys are going to have to probably Implement your own OBD2 interface that's friendly enough for... Exactly. You know. I, I mean, you, you see the success of some of the competition out there uh, doing that. It's You, you can't ignore it. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can say, like, yeah. Cobb has a really strong hold on that market. Sure. I mean, you guys aren't really directly competing with them in this job. No, anyway. I, mean, I mean, we focus after different things. I mean, we've always yeah. been the dealership side. We're trying to, oh, go, fully, away from, fully we're trying to go, from, go away from that to some degree just because... I mean, that's there's only so much growth in that side of the market. Yeah. So uh, we're trying to be a little more end user friendly, but yeah. at the same time, it's part of our DNA is the dealership side. So so we're kind of playing both sides. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and let's be honest, the margins are nice when it's part of an well, options yes. package. There's also that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat that. It's the upsell right there. It's just yep. like, well, would you like an extra hundred horsepower? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, so Every what's day. what's the car that's <laughs> actually getting the biggest take rate at the dealership right now? Is it the M2 or? Um, uh, I mean, the M2 Comp is probably up there. Yeah. Uh, I I've seen a lot of requests recently on 240s. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a smaller package. Yeah. Pseudo M cheaper. I mean, I guess that makes sense. That's if you're just looking for, like, straight line, and you're just like, I want to go fast. Yeah. And, I mean, the yeah. M240 was a solid car. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, the, the B-Series motors, I mean, have a lot of potential. Yeah. They have a lot of potential. I'm super impressed with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the four-cylinder variants have had, we've seen some interesting 
I'll, I'll call it flaws, but... Uh, well, let's be honest. But it's the, not... that's kind of the thing about Force Soldier in general, it seems like. There's yeah. some weakness there. I mean, the Japanese do awesome Force Soldiers, obviously, yeah. but that's been their expertise for a long, long time. Yeah. BMW's relatively newish to kind of that becoming the, the, a major part of their They business. want six-cylinder and eight-cylinder. That's that's their DNA. Yeah. So that's I'm just wondering know. how long they're going to be able to, given... Uh, given you know, fuel economy regulations and things like that, how long they're going to be connect, able to continue doing the V8s. I'm surprised they're still doing the V12. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, again, they don't sell very many of them, but just the fact that it's there, it's like, okay. Well, you know, you get that certain segment of the market that you just go, I don't care what it costs, I have to have the best. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. I mean, just it's you just look at some, I mean, we share some of the old social media uh, stuff and share like the old, uh, the Super 8, which is a V12 as well, and mm-hmm. I mean, to this day, that thing gets so much love on social media. It's like, it's a 20-year-old well, car I think now. that, that V12 is probably romanticized a little bit from being in the McLaren back in the day as well. True. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But that's a long time ago at this point. Yeah. But just the sheer amount of publicity it still gets to this day, it boggles my mind. I mean... I, re- I, I mean, I guess I get it. There's not that many V12s that you can really pick from. No, there's not. But it doesn't really make... All that great power no, today standards either. <laughs> no, I mean, not. what does it make? Uh, that one was. I can't remember. I want to say mid three hundred. Yes, yeah, but they sound awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, a V twelve is always going to sound great. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, I'll take a V ten or a V twelve. Yeah, it's just there's something about the howl of them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, so, are you guys? Uh, are you guys uh, racing at all right now? Or no, 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 even personally. No, no, just just focusing on the consumer stuff. Yeah, yeah I was curious because I, you know, Steve obviously used to used to play around with that a little bit. So, sure. I mean, I raced for a long time, but at this time, it's just time and money. Yeah, you know, oh, it gets expensive real yeah. fast. I don't have either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the racing stuff now just because it's so OE dominated, we have to buy you know, especially essentially factory spec race cars at this point. Yeah. There's not, I mean, a lot of the little guys just don't exist anymore, and the money aspect just doesn't exist. Yeah, that's just so. because like, you guys are a decent enough sized company that we're like, you're kind of on that line of like, yeah, you yeah. could be a little bit, but, you know. It's it's just hard to make money in that. Economy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, I mean, nobody be, makes money No, racing. no one makes no. money, but, I mean, back in the day, you could, you could still, kind of, there was still some, there was still a little bit of meat on the bone if you really could find it yeah nowadays it's, no it's now, just, now it's it's all, a rich man sport yeah there's a reason gentlemen <laughs> racers are so prevalent at this yes. point yeah you yes. know it's you can say fun the whole damn team basically yeah. so yep. yeah but eh, such is the way of life there yeah. um okay so now like um we're getting kind of at the end of this three series cycle um we've got the new one coming out um what's the what's the usual length of time for you guys actually to, to get a new car like that and really start coming to market on products if we have a vehicle that we've kind of tagged in the beginning uh like as an example the new 330 uh it's a new chassis so we know we want to get and the it. 330 is uh four cylinder at this point correct right? that's the next one that's coming out god their naming scheme kills me yeah uh we've earmarked that one so we'll get that one as soon as it's released um, okay. to the general public and from there it varies uh i mean as an example we've had our 340 for since 2016, and yes. we're still not done with development on that thing. Really? So, I mean, we st- we're still doing turbos and still debating on the heat exchanger. And 
what kind of power are you getting out of those 340s now? Uh, I want to say it's like 400. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> In that, that, that really helps. Yeah, I mean we did it a while back, so it, I mean it, it's kind of it, the 340 has been kind of the car where it's when everything else isn't happening, we kind of go back to it. Yeah, okay. That's part of the problem. Like right now, as soon as you get the M5, it's like M5s are bread and butter. We have to focus on that. Yeah. yeah. So the 340 got back. Well, it's that, a certain so. segment of the market that can afford an M5, and they're yeah. not going to care. Well, like, the M5 know. is all about early adopters. Yeah, yeah. That if you don't, if you're not in the very beginning, you you don't get that market. Interesting. That's always been the M5 mantra. Yeah. I mean, you well, can be slightly late, but you better be within that first two or three months because I didn't realize that those, the uh, M5 buyers were like that. Well, the the M5 buyers, I mean, they have a lot of money, so yeah. If you're first to market, they'll more often than not they'll buy it immediately. But if something's proven within a relatively short amount of time that's better, they'll drop that and buy whatever the next M5 best thing is. M5 is probably like, what, about 120-ish average selling price at this point? Yeah, they're yeah. about 120. And then you depends how you option it. And then you yeah. get the carbon ceramics and it bumps it up more. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, if you were to go whole hog on an M5 out the door, what is, like, your kind of top-level package for that go for? Well, on the old one, on the F10, it would have been... Uh, twelve to thirteen grand. Oh, so if you're spending a hundred and twenty on a 10%. car, yeah, you don't care. No. no, I mean we, I mean we we were actually at the the Shelby plant here in Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, picking up a car, and some of the numbers he was, we were told about what people were actually paying for a Shelby package. I mean, astonished me. I it blew me away. It made me I mean, you're you're buying a say fifty sixty thousand dollar car if you option out heavily, and they're putting another. Hundred grand, and it's like really. Yeah. That amazes me. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's I think they were different saying market. what one ten for one of them. Yeah, I mean they're good. I mean, but you got an eight hundred horsepower Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. It's, it's a yeah. di- it's a different thing altogether. But <laughs> I, I can do an eight hundred horsepower Mustang by ordering a Vortec and and you yeah. know adding yeah. some fuel modifications. That yeah. ain't hard. <laughs> yeah. You know. But yeah. some of the money, I was like. Does it make makes us feel almost cheap? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just how you perceive it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you guys. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of margin built into your stuff too. So, I mean, you guys aren't exactly hurting. No. No. Yeah. No. No. I mean, you, you, you charge what you feel is fair. Yeah. See, yeah. it's it's that it's that Shelby thing. It's they've got to have a way to fund all the lawyers for suing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works there. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, okay, so outside of kind of um, just the BMW bread and butter, like, you know, what do you guys want to maybe get a chance to kind of take a peek at while we're here? I, I know you guys are probably in the booth, just like I'm locked in here mostly, but do you really get a chance to look around much? Or uh, I have not. I haven't either. I mean, no. we walked around a little bit. I mean, hell, I don't even yesterday. know if BMWs here, are they? Uh, no, I, I don't believe I don't they, they are. are. Yeah. I mean, I looked in the directory a week or so ago and I didn't see him I was like that's kind of odd maybe it just didn't populate or something I don't know yeah I mean obviously GM's here they're right behind us yeah. and yeah. Ford's at the other end of the hall yeah. um, I saw Toyota yeah Toyota's always here yeah. um, and then usually Hyundai's here too yeah. uh, Kia's here yeah I saw them yeah Hyundai, Kia I mean eh, they're doing some interesting yeah. stuff these days because yeah. they I believe they picked up it was the former director of the M division that's what I heard yes because they now have the N division <laughs> it's so ridiculous yeah but I mean, it, 
Good for them. I mean, it'd be nice to see some more competition in there. Yeah, that new, sure. I mean, that new, um, the new Genesis, the uh, G70, looks like a really nice competitor for that market. Yeah. I mean, walking by the cars, I was kind of impressed. I was like, whoa, Kia's come a long way. Oh, their interiors are gorgeous. I know. I mean. And they're right down the street from us in Alabama. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, oh, their main right. plane is three right miles away. Yeah. Right at the border. Yeah, because uh, Hyundai's got a big facility in You LA see a too. lot of Kias in Auburn. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Kias. Yeah. It's like driving around Michigan and it's just like yeah. Ford, 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 Chevy, Chevy, Chevy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the Bay Area, you, you see saw a lot of Teslas and Priuses. Yeah. It's a lot of Kias there. Yeah. I'm actually seeing a lot of Genesis around L.A. now. Really? Yeah. Really? It seems like they're starting to pick up a little steam on it, <laughs> you know, which is... You know, good for them. It's nice to yeah. see some more competition in that space, especially you know, like the German cars have gotten better, but they still they can have some uh, reliability issues on, on certain stuff sure. as they get yeah. a little older. Um, actually, now on that front, like, are, are you seeing any kind of weird long term stuff with the current lineup? Um, turbo failures, any of that stuff? Because nothing I mean, that's super widespread. Yeah, like I said, I mean, there's just naturally the four cylinders seem to have inherent flaws. They're teething problems. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say it's anything to cause mass hysteria about or anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we. I, I think we probably see a little bit more than others just because of the warranty aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't say anything, anything too terribly concerning. I mean, yeah. in general, it seems like the B-Series motors have been pretty, pretty good. So. Yeah, I mean, it took it. I mean, and we all know, I mean, they had a rough few years there when they moved over to the direct injection motors sure. and everything. Yeah. So. But that's all pretty well sorted now. I mean, I mean, they're spreading that B series motor. I mean, the, the Supra has it, and the Minis all have the B series now. And it blows my mind that the Supra is basically predominantly built by BMW. Yeah, it's just weird. It's so it's very weird. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And didn't and the crazy thing is, is, didn't they swap it around from the thing that made sense to where like Toyota did the chassis development and then BMW did the engine development? Yes. What the f- mm-hmm. what the hell? <laughs> it's like okay, both. It's like. Okay, Toyota's obviously 2J's, like, that's their specialty, is building yeah. ultra-high boost-capable motors. Yeah. Right. And, like, their chassis engineers are, eh, they're, they're okay. Yeah. You know, the FRS was pretty good, but, you know, that's yeah. it. Whereas BMW, that's, that's the, the best thing they do. The chassis is their thing. The chassis are their thing. The yeah. chassis is their thing, and the engine has always been, I mean, yeah, they're good now, but, like, they're not known as being the absolute no, pinnacle they, of reliability. They've always been, they've like always been about handling. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's kind of the same thing with Dyna. It's like, well, we're known as this engine tuner, but... I mean, we especially Steve has always been gung ho about suspension. That's where yeah, he takes most of our pride. He drives like a goddamn maniac. That's well, why. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so does this guy. So yeah. Well, you bought that M too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But, How often do those come up within the company that you guys get the option to pick them up? I think when every time we're done with them, yeah, yeah we put them up for sale, and you got yeah. an option if you want to buy it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, plus, you got APR next door too, so you got options now. Yeah. But yeah. they don't. But they don't sell their cars. They don't sell. Though. Their oh, cars. they don't. They, I think they collect them all. Yeah. They, yeah, they have like thirty cars in their fleet. It's ridiculous. Oh Jesus! The parking lot's all their cars, <laughs> and we have like four. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, different mentalities, I guess. Yeah, yeah they do. I, I love that five-cylinder motor. They're, 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 oh yeah. Oh, oh, that thing is awesome. Yeah. It makes so much power. Yeah, it's too. ridiculous. Yeah. No, they, so, they've been putting some nice records together yeah. on all their cars recently. I mean, obviously, you guys have a product lineup that you release that's warranted. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you play with just to kind of see where the limits are? I'd say no. I mean, we we go we get to a point and then we you know you start setting faults and everything else, and yeah. so we always back it off from there. Yeah, you know, 
we try to keep him as an everyday driver, you know. Right. You don't want to just we don't. I Nathan doesn't want to hear it all the time on the forums, but you know everybody <laughs> calling my check engine lights on or this or that. It's just not worth it. No, no, no. You know, it's just not. I mean, that's a totally different market than what we're after. Always has been. Well, I mean, you guys are OEM quality. Yes. I mean, yes. You could you can go crazy on fueling systems and everything else and make all these, you know, monster power. Yeah. It's, it's just not our. Thing. It's funny as I've gotten older. Like you know, I'm 36 now, and it's just like, you know. I want the stuff that's just going to work 100% of the time. Yep. But if I can get it to work 100% of the time and it like your average person has no idea what you did to it, sure. like it all looks OEM, that to yeah. me is like the best yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. Power is great and all, but I mean, where you really have fun is with suspension. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to really appreciate a car is when you're actually going around twisties and everything else. That's, I mean, going to fast and straight line. Yay, but I mean, we're in a hall that isn't owed to just power before everything else. I, I know, so, I know. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love power, but you know, when the road starts twisting, that's where I get. If excited. you can't, if you can't yeah. turn and you can't stop, yeah. then what good is? What's it? the point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like that M two you had. I mean, it was just like it's. I, I'm not. It's not crazy power. I'm, you know. I would say it's adequate power for what that should have had to yeah. do the things that that car is good at doing. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what kind of, I don't know about Phil, but I mean, that's what worried me the most about the uh, the M2 Comp is having the S55 motor. I, I almost feel like that's going to be too much engine for it. I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel it's just going to be too much motor for that car. What kind of power do you guys see out of that engine in the M- M3 M4 application? In the M3 M4, it's just shy. Well, when you go up to stage three, it's just shy of... 550 crank. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, on, that, on the M2 like that, I just think it's going to be too much. It's too much power for the wheelbase. Just, I mean, the M2, yeah. at, at this point, it still has problems putting power down, you know? You, you lighten That's the part of the up. fun of that car. I know. <laughs> but it, but it's manageable, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the M4, when we had the M4, it was just like it wanted to kill you every time you're coming out of a corner. Yeah. Which made it fun, but, I, you know, for... For a lot of the you know, drivers out there that can't really handle that, it just wants to kill you. Oh yeah, you especially know, you, you can like, pull out of the driveway and it, you twist around for no reason. Yeah. You're like, I wasn't even trying to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you got just me silly. on the other side. It's like, well, let's just roast through your tires everywhere we go. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, that's almost the downside. It's like you get to do these things that just you know they they're they're fun like that, but then you're like, oh, well, there goes twelve hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Every few months. Yep. Yeah. Special shout out to Toyo for being an awesome partner. Yeah, yeah. Toyo, <laughs> yeah. I can use some tires, please. Uh, yeah, that's what I got to do. Is I just got to find somebody to work with me on tire pricing. Yeah. Well, I got Toyos now. Yeah. So Toyos are a great option. Yeah, yeah. I'm I loving them so far. Yeah, I've got. Uh, was it Toyo that made the RA ones back in the day? I think it. I think so. Yeah. 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 Because those tires were. I ran those for years and years. Those yeah. things were freaking great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh God, tires are expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially yeah. when you go through four sets in one year, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's got, yeah. It is what it is. We make our own. Yeah. You make know. your choices. Yeah. We make these choices. We know what we're getting into. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, okay. So. Um, I think uh, we probably start wrapping up here. Um, what do you guys want to really? I mean, I'm going to try and get this podcast out before SEMA's up. Um, what should people come by and, and check out at your booth this year? Uh, as far as physically checking out N5, I mean, we have our new exhaust on there. Uh, also showcasing our 
our initial offering for a new forged wheel by Dynan. Okay. It's not actually through a third party like Forgeline or BBS anymore. It's yep. actually a Dynan wheel again. Uh, it's going to go through a couple of reiterations, but uh, it's pretty close, I think. Yeah. Uh, we have black wheels on the car in the booth, but the the uh, the brushed ones that are up in the New Prague Showcase, I think, are the star. Which is a beautiful wheel, by yeah, the way. It is. Yeah. I'm going to have to come by and check it out. Because yeah. You're, you guys in APR are like right next door to each other, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. we're we're actually B and M, Hearst, Flowmaster, APR, and Diner are all sharing one big booth right okay. forward. Okay. So, uh, I mean, a lot of the M5 parts, as far as physically seeing stuff, um, I think we have our, the mid pipe, the X pipe on there. We got the X pipe on there. The mufflers on there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the product board you can see in person. Right. Uh, I mean, we're also shifting a lot of production-wise. We're going more towards. I'll call it more refinement, yeah, uh, for lack of a better term. So start building some jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you should kind of see that in the showcase a little bit. Yeah. Um, Blackout packages and stuff like that. Ditch the chrome. Or no. BMW doesn't do that much chrome bits. No, they do. I mean, yeah. we always black mount. Yeah. yeah. You know, like like on the M5. I mean, we we had these stupid little chrome inserts on the handles and stuff that we had to get painted and yeah. Like, it no. changes the car so much when you do. Yeah, no, that was one of my stipulations when I bought one at Con. I'm like, no chrome, no just, bright work. I'm just glad they yeah. don't do the chrome around the windows. You yeah. Know? Well, that's a, that's all those most of the cons are that way. And I'm yeah. like, no way. And they're no. starting damn way. They're starting to use a lot of nickel on certain cars. Yeah. So like the 550 was had a bunch of nickel access, which isn't which isn't, which isn't bad. as bad. Yeah. But it's just kind of threw you for a loop. Yeah. It's just like, oh, new color. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll take nickel over chrome. Anyway. Oh yeah, oh yeah, any, any day. day. Yeah, you know, brushed nickel can actually look real nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know? um, okay, so, and then uh, anything else that you want to plug before we uh, before we wrap up here? I think we covered it all. Okay, so it's at. Uh, I know it's. Not, what's the uh, URL again? Uh, Diningcars.com. Yeah, because I was like, I know it's not dining.com. I couldn't no, remember. I think, I think the town in France owns that or something. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good luck fighting a local government <laughs> yeah, exactly. to get yeah, back. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, I'm sure Steve was kicking himself back in the day when he didn't register. You know, yeah, really. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming by. And uh, you were firstly the first guest that I've I've had on the show here at SEMA. Oh, so, uh, yeah, good seeing, uh, good seeing everybody over at Diner. We got your APR uh, stable mates coming over a little, while, a little later. And... Uh, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll just cram the whole family in here. Right. Other than I don't think I don't think Full Masters welcome. Around. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you probably uh, shouldn't have us in the same booth together at any no. given time. We, well, we, you we, guys, we, we tend to bicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, I got to thank Magnaflow once again for having us out here. Uh, we've got our little uh, we've got our little private studio here in the back, and then we've got the big stage set up. And uh, yeah, come out and uh, visit us. We'll say hi. We'd love to uh, talk to everybody. And uh, I'm going to try and get this up tonight. Awesome. Cool. All right, guys. Appreciate you having us. Thanks again.